Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency, and welcome to Breakaway Agent. In a world full of real estate pros struggling to get ahead, there are a few who emerge and become wildly successful. If you are or are working to become one of these breakaway agents, then this show is for you. Thank you so much for listening. And even if you just get one thing out of the episode that helps your business grow, well, that's a huge win. And hopefully you get a few nuggets to help you move forward. Today, I am really excited to welcome Oliver Tan, co-owner of England Bookers, Florida, the brand's master franchiser for the state of Florida, located in Naples, Florida. Oliver has been in the industry for over two decades with various companies and has even taught franchise management at the university level. He first joined England Volkers in 1998 as an apprentice when the company only had 20 offices, most of which were in Germany back then. 12 years ago, Oliver was offered the opportunity to relocate to the USA with England Volkers. He and his partner, Timo Kamash, have since grown their business to more than 30 franchises in the state of Florida and are part of a network of nearly 900 shops globally. Oliver, welcome. Thank you, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you are welcome. I'm so excited to hear more from you. Can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, you already talked a lot about myself. <laughs> So, as you said, I'm the master franchisee, co-owner of Angular Brokers here in Florida. We uh, sell the franchises and we support our franchisees to become successful in their markets. So, that's our daily focus. And as you said, I'm with the brand for a very long time. I first started to work for Angular Brokers actually over 20 years ago in Hamburg, Germany, when the company was a very small, tiny company, but already had a stellar reputation. And that intrigued me to apply for the apprenticeship, as you just said, at England Volkers. And uh, it's maybe an unknown term here in the United States. I think the apprentice is known from Donald Trump, but uh, that's <laughs> not the, the same concept. It's an educational concept we have in, in Germany. And it's pretty much a two-year program where you go to a real estate school and you work for a real estate company. And the company I worked for back then happened to be Angle Walkers. And I can tell you it was kind of an interesting experience. You know, I was set up to become an agent, but I realized fairly quickly that the agent split is not a very high split in Germany, so it's not very interesting. So I moved fairly quickly into the franchise field. Oh, okay, great. So how did that apprenticeship shape your career? Well, you know, the apprenticeship was, was a great program because you look into every aspect of the company from... You know, we just started franchising back then uh, in Hamburg, Germany. You got to see sales, residential, commercial. So you learn pretty much every aspect of a professional real estate company. And what was always great about Engel and Walkers, Christian Walkers always had the mindset of global growth, created a stellar brand back then already. And it really shaped me in, form, in, in that regard that I really learned how to create a great brand. And that mm. was a great experience back then. I really have to say. I love that. And, you know, here in the States, we do have apprentices, but it's more like, you know, plumbers or electricians, you know, things like that. And quite often you hear real estate agents in the U.S. complain because they get their license and then they don't know what to do. So it seems like that path, the apprentice path would really empower agents with some knowledge before they really got out there running. Correct. I mean, if you look at the process here in the United States, you know, you go to a real estate school, you get your license, and you really don't learn about the business at the real estate school. And that apprenticeship is really a form where you learn the business with the basics. 
pretty much. So it's a great concept. For I sure. love it. Well, one thing I really like, I know you and Timo really support your licensed partners and the overall growth and the brand and you really speak into the issues that they're having. Can you talk a little bit about your team and the overall company structure? Yeah. So we have a great structure in that regard that it's a very supported structure. You know, we have as a backbone the global head office in Hamburg, Germany. We have our America's head office in Manhattan on Park Avenue. We have a, a huge support team who just focus on developing tools and systems and tech and, you know, advancing the brand, advancing the global network for our franchisees and offices. And then we have a local support team here in Florida. We have about a dozen people working for us here in our team in, in Naples, Florida. And we are really on the ground and making sure that our offices become successful. But it's, again, it's multi-layer approach with corporate head office in Hamburg, New York, and us here. And that's, so you get a lot of support as a franchisee of Angle Workers. I love that. And as much as I know anyone listening to this has probably heard several Angle Focus agents just in this season which is just a coincidence, kind of, but I think in one sense, I've really enjoyed how open your advisors are and your, you know, licensed partners. It just seems like it's such a, if somehow you guys are creating this culture of openness and, you know, trying things because a lot of times agents come in and they're just jaded and they're like, ah, everybody's trying to tell me to do things. But somehow, do you see that as well in your company? Yes, for sure. It's a very supportive culture. You know, it's about recruiting numbers, but it's not about, you know, hiring 200 more agents or 500 more agents and really selective about the advisors. We call them advisors we hire in our organization. And we are always working on a very supportive culture. So we like teamwork. We like our agents to help each other. And you will see that when you travel as an England Walkers advisor, and you walk into any office worldwide, be it in Paris or in Spain or in Hong Kong, and you knock at their door, you walk into that office and you say, hey, can I use your conference room? I have a business which I need to deal with at home or here. They always have open arms for you and they are very supportive around the world. And, you know, well, most of the time I work for Angel Walker, so that's something which I always hear is very unusual for our brand, that supportive culture. And that's mm -hmm. I think, uh, extremely beneficial for everyone involved. Absolutely. Well, and two, one thing I know I've been working with your office leading up to this interview, and one of the things I'm always really sensitive of, like this isn't an Angel Walker's advertisement, or nor is it you know, like, not that I want all your competitors to be doing better, but I feel like it's like we read books or things like that. And I think that what you do is so inspiring. And there's just so much that people can get from it, that I just feel like we need more of it, like what you're doing. I just feel like, you know, if more real estate agents could experience that, whether it's in the office they're in now, or here's an option where that is the culture, you know, and there's a lot of ways that work, but just to know that it exists, I think is just of great value. I think in, in overall, it's about creating win-win situations. And I always aim to create win-win situations, whether it's with our team members, with our franchisees, with our advisors. I think that always works best for everyone involved, right? And Absolutely. if you look at our industry, it's in many ways a cutthroat industry. And we really are putting a focus on avoiding that in our company, in our organization. Again, supportive and, you know, a lot of team play in mm -hmm. our yeah, 
Well, I mean, the truth is, I mean, there's enough for everybody to go around, Absolutely. you know, of the, especially of the working real estate agents and the right thing is always the right thing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Agree. Well, well, great. Well, you guys do a lot too, to help your agents or your advisors. You guys call your agents and brokers who are in production advisors. Right. There's a lot that you do to support their marketing. What are a couple of the things that both your licensed partners at that level that you feel right now should really be focused on when it comes to marketing? But then also, could you share a little bit and speak to advisors and what maybe they could be doing? You know, I think in these days, you know, with the competition, with the 100% models and so on, it's all about providing service. And for us, it's about providing service to our franchisees. For our franchisees, it's providing service to their agents, advisors. And for the advisors, it's providing a stellar service to the consumer. And at the end of the day, the entire organization only works if the service to the consumer is the right one, right? Right. Because if we don't provide the, the, the tools and the systems and the tech and the brand and the international network to our advisors and they are not able to go out there and provide a stellar service to the consumer, uh, our organization would not go anywhere, right? Mm. It's really about focusing on the service we provide. I love it. I love it. And it just made me wonder, is there something that you see an advisor or a franchisee doing right now that in the area of marketing that has kind of impressed you that they've kind of gone one step further and got your attention? Yeah, I think it's overall our sub-market specialization and focus as an advisor on a certain sub-market and not to uh, list everywhere in town and, you know, have a listing here, a listing there. It's really to become a local expert in the local market. And at our competition, if you look at the industry where it's going to, every client can get access to a a huge data set online pretty much, but it's really about the local knowledge and you cannot replace that that easily with online information. That's where really the, the local market expert comes into play, right? And I think that's one of the core things I see uh, as a base of our success amongst our advisors. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny, my husband and I got into real estate in the early 90s and I built one of the early home search websites in our region at the time. And we were getting clients who, you know, were from, you know, London and, you know, just all over the US, but also in our local market. And I think now watching where it is now, I've just always been a hundred percent for the client having information because like that's not the value that your advisors provide. You know, I mean, they can do it and they can narrow it down. However, the hugest amount of value comes with that advising, right? That guidance and getting them to the finish line. So. And, and you have to keep in mind, you know, we are a very international brand, uh, very, very strong, dominating in Europe and many other parts of the world. And if you have an international buyer, they don't necessarily know Zillow. You know, Zillow is a, is a household name in the United States, but when you talk to an international buyer, they have no idea what Zillow is, or they don't necessarily know where to get certain information online especially when it comes to the international exposure, where we can help our international clients to find the right property in the local market here in, in Florida. I think that's also very much important because not every client has the same information, right? Right. Absolutely. So what are some other ways that re the real estate business differs in Europe versus in the United States? Well, first of all, there's a cultural difference. 
if you and I can talk a lot about Germany because I, you know, that's where I grew up and that's where I was born. But I was also, uh, you know, I traveled to other countries and was involved uh, somehow in real estate in other countries. But I give you one example. If you talk to a German home seller and you tell that seller that there's going to be a lockbox at his uh, front door, and I don't know how many hundred of hundreds of agents have access to their front door and can take clients into their house, that's a no-go, right? <laughs> that people say, um, are you crazy? I'm not going to do that. So it's a cultural difference. Another huge difference is that people, they don't release the purchase price or the sales price of a house. It's very often, especially when it comes to high price or high-end properties, that you have to call the agent in order to know what, how much the house is. So it's oh, very right. much a secret for how much the house was sold or is actually offered because um, owners don't want their neighbors to know for how much they sell their property, right? So it's a cultural difference. And then on the advisor level, I think the biggest difference is there is no MLS in Europe. I think one of the biggest differences to the United States. Wow. And that's what we always say when we talk to potential franchisees here. We were founded in a country, in the country of Germany, and pretty much grew in the very beginning only in Europe before we came to the United States, where you had to list the property in order to sell it. You know, you could not just serve buyers. You had to list something in order to sell it because there is no deal sharing. I mean, there is a deal sharing, but not to the extent we have here with the MLS. So we were always focused as a brand on the listing to get the best listings in the market in order to be able to have a portfolio of properties we can offer to our clients, right? So that's a big difference. Another big difference on the agent side is the agent split is significantly lower in Europe, which is good for the broker owner, but not very intriguing for an agent. So that's the huge difference with all the consequences behind it. Yeah, I want to say that those are the main differences between the basic market. In general, it's the same. You know, the seller wants to sell, a buyer wants to buy. They need to find that medium ground in, in terms of pricing. So the, the basics are the same. It's just the systems and tools are different. So I have to ask, how does it work <laughs> if there's a house that's listed and let's say I want to go buy a house and you mentioned there is deal sharing, but there isn't deal sharing. I mean, can you be a buyer's agent at all? I guess I'm not understanding. What's the dynamic? How does that work? So, you know, I don't know about every part in Europe, but again, I can talk mostly about Germany. When you have a client who is a buyer's client, you know, who's a buyer, and you're looking for a property, you could technically contact another brokerage, another advisor of another brokerage and say, hey, I saw that you have a property. I have a client for that. So that could technically work but it's not as organized as it is in the United States with the MLS. So, and that happens very little. I've seen that very happening very little actually. So as a buyer, how do I find houses? Like, do I just drive around? I mean, if there's no Zillow, I mean, is there an equivalent to Zillow or how do people yeah, find the houses? Real estate property portals where you can set up certain alerts where you, know, you can identify certain properties and there are a few big ones in, in Europe. In Germany, there are two, three bigger ones, and that's usually where you sign up. And everything else is your connections to the, the local real estate brokerages. And it's a challenge. You know, it's not as transparent as it is here in the United States. Right. And they bring in all these bacteria, so <laughs> you constantly have to fight that. Would you say it was your kids? Yeah, you know, I have preschool kids. Yeah? 
and they bring home all these bacteria. Yeah, yeah, during those kids. So it's like that time of year again, too. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Okay, so I have to tell you, there's one question that I'm a little bit weirded out to ask, but my daughter is 22 and she's an agent in LA. And I asked her to share, and she's with a different, she's not with Inglevokers, which I'm so sorry. Oh. You can't make your kids do, do yes. things sometimes. Yes. But I asked her, you know, as an agent who is trying to level up her business, knowing that I would be speaking with you, what would be a question that would be useful to her? Mm -hmm. And she asked, could you share about an agent that you've either seen or had to let go yourself? Because usually agents just leave, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's like, this isn't working. So can you share a little bit about that? I think it speaks too to understanding some things that, you know, maybe some of us can, you know, pitfalls to watch out for. You mean as an agent to not to get fired? Yeah, or not to suck at your job, maybe. <laughs> See, our offices are independently owned and operated, so they make their own decisions who they hire and fire. But obviously, you know, I hear things, and our franchisees, they tell me about things that happened, and it's usually about fitting into the, the office culture, into the supportive, you know, team play culture. And as I said before, there are some agents out there who are cutthroat. And it's all about me, 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 me. And, you know, we had agents in our organization who were even highly productive, but who were just cancer in the office. And then our recommendation as a franchisor is always, uh, you have to separate yourself from, from that agent. And that agent needs to leave the company. You know, we would never sacrifice on that and you lose 10 other agents over that agent just because that agent is not a team player right 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 so with culture that's really common to hear it's not a culture fit so specifically would you say it's more like you were saying just kind of a selfish attitude and not yeah. really a team player as far as working together with other more of that cutthroat that you're talking about that's what it is culture is obviously tougher to say because we like diversity, you know, agents can come from all kinds of different backgrounds, uh, countries. We really like that and enjoy that. As you know, workers, we are very open-minded in that regard. And it's more that the team play, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be always the same cultural background. I'm not saying that, not at all. Again, it's a diverse organization, but it's really about the team play and someone who's only thinking about himself or herself and is, has a cutthroat mentality. And uh, that's what we just don't support, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's really good. I totally agree. It's like when you keep one person on and it's making 10 of your best, you know, people miserable, it's really a disservice to everybody. So it, it's got to happen sometimes, I guess. Absolutely. Okay. Well, what is something, like looking back on your career, what's something that you would tell your rookie self today? I would say, you know, we have a German saying. It says, I will say it in German, jeder kocht mit Wasser. And it pretty much says, everyone is cooking with water. So I think as a young person, and I see that sometimes with the interns we have in our company, uh, you know, early 20s, sometimes they have a lack of confidence because they think that the person who is 20 years older or 30 years older has a lot of experience is so much better than they are. But again, everyone is cooking with water. Everyone started at some point somewhere. And I think, you know, having a certain confidence in yourself is always very important, right? Is that something you struggled with when you were first starting out? 
Yeah, I think when I was early 20s, you know, you see all these big shots in their 40s, 50s, and you are a little bit, you know, I was a little bit intimidated, right? And, but again, you have to always tell yourself, they started at one point at zero and worked their way up. And again, everyone is cooking with water. <laughs> I, lo I love that. You know, I'm going to have to go look that up because I've, I've really never heard that expression before. And I think it's really good. It's just very simple and makes a lot of sense. And it's absolutely true. <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Well, and I like too that your company, I know you and Timo, you guys are so committed to growth and you know, your franchisees are every time I talk to an advisor, one or two things that you struggle with today when it comes to expansion. You know, I, we always have that saying here in our, our company, whenever we talk to a new potential franchisee, we always say, if they would know what we know. You know, I have such a history with the brand. When I came over here 11 years ago, I already knew the success, the tremendous success we had back then already in Europe. And I always had that confidence and I knew what the company could do. And sometimes it's tough to convey that to a prospect in, let's say, a two or three hour meeting. You know, I would like sometimes to have forward the time to, let's say, in 10 years, I know that we will be a household name in the United States in every aspect. You know, when I first started to work for Angler Walkers 20 years ago, and I told my friends, I'm working for Angler Walkers now, some of my friends said, I don't know that company. Who is that? You know, if you drop the name Angler Walkers now in Europe, everyone knows immediately. Mm -hmm. And it's always uh, associated with high-end properties, with chateaus, with castles, because that's what we do. You know, we do a lot of uh, high-end properties. We also do a lot of bread and butter. But the brand, due to the positioning, is always associated with high-end properties. And that's sometimes, I think, where we struggle is to convey that message, right? Right. And sometimes we joke, you know, let's meet in 10 years again. And that person might have passed on the opportunity, might have said, you know what, I'm not interested, I'm doing something else. Wait 10 years when there is no open territory anymore of Angler Walkers in many parts of the United States, then the opportunity is gone, right? Right, right. Huh, that's awesome. You know, it's interesting. I mean, Number one, it's always hard, right? If you're starting something and you, you aren't just starting, but as you expand in the United States and build that awareness, right? Brand awareness. It sounds like that's your, probably your biggest struggle right now to expansion. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's always a challenge and that can only be solved uh, through growth, right? That's right. Well, you guys are doing it. So that's good. Is there anything else that you guys struggle with when it comes to that or it comes to growth and expansion? I would say it's also identifying the right partner. Okay. Because the success of an office is related to what we provide as a franchisor, you know, the systems, the tools, the marketing, the international brand, but it's also very much connected to the local leadership. So I'll give you one example. We sold uh, Jacksonville Beach last year to Corey Hastings, and Corey Hastings is a stellar leader and is recruited close to 200 million in volume with uh, multiple agents within pretty much one year, little mm. year. And that's due to what we provide as a brand, but it's also due to the leadership, his mm. leadership skills and his ability as a leader. He's an absolutely amazing leader. And that's also a challenge to identify that person 
to find that person. That's mm-hmm. like, I would say that's a challenge. Yeah. Well, having someone like that to have such a model of that probably helps too, and that you're oh, able to kind of yes. see, you know, similarities in people that probably remind you of things that Corey does well. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. His story has been really fun to watch. So, okay. And I'm trying to imagine like you have a lot going on, right? So would you call your day very busy? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh So with that, I know I'm always fascinated by, you know, you need a certain mindset Mm -hmm. and you need a certain energy level to not just, you know, get through the day, but kill it, right? To just really excel at what you're doing like you are. Do you have any like daily rituals or anything that you feel like really set you up to just have a powerful day? I get up early, I exercise in the morning, and then I have a big picture of my kids in my office. And I always look at that picture. That's my why. And it drives me every day. So how old are they? They're close to three, close to six and eight. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. Well, very good. And I think, you know, when they were born, it changed my life. Hmm. It accelerated my drive, you know? That's fantastic. Well, good, good. Okay. Is there anything, as we come to the end, I have one more question, but before I do, is there anything that maybe I didn't ask that I should have or anything else that you would like to share? What I would like to share, and I think that's important for agents out there. You know, there are a lot of agents who make a lot of money, but many agents tend to spend it all. And for, you know, lavish lifestyle, new cars, every year, new car. And I think it is very important to build an asset and value, a certain value. And as we all know, as an agent, if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, your income drops to zero from one day to another. If you decide to stop working, uh, your income goes to zero. So I think for an agent in these days, it's so important to invest into something. And, you know, that could be to open your own brokerage, ideally under a strong franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Or what we also always say, invest into something you know, and that's real estate, and try to create passive income uh, as an agent, whether it's by owning your own brokerage or owning rental properties or investing into something which generates passive income. So at one point, you're not depending so much anymore on your own daily work as an agent. I think think that's that's excellent advice. I would like to share. Yeah, no, that's very, very good advice. So it's really true. And I think it's just really important to keep in mind, not just your day-to-day, yay, I made enough. I mean, every day you have to go out and redo it and redo it where you're right. If you're able to create passive income, you can be on vacation and make you know, make money too. So really it also helps you, you know, take more vacations, you know. Whether you want to do that, taking more vacation or not, some people, you know, work, 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 that's all fine. I think it gives you peace of mind when you know it's not always depending on you because sometimes life happens and you never Mm -hmm. know what happens. That's true. That's true. Okay. So last question. I am a huge foodie. I I'm a little bit like, I wish I interviewed you before because I was just in Naples, but next time I'm in Naples, this will help me. What is your favorite dish and where do you get it? So my favorite dish is, you know, Florida is a very international place. I get all my German food here in uh, Naples pretty much, which is nice. But there's something which is, those are little shrimps from the North Sea in Germany. And they exist 
in the United States or in Florida, right? It's uh, called Nordseekrabben in German. And they sometimes come on a sandwich. It's called Nordseekrabbenbrötchen. Okay. It's a difficult word to pronounce. Like <laughs> and that's really what I, uh, it's my favorite dish. And it's really something I miss every time I go back to visit Germany. Uh, I make sure as soon as I get off the plane, I have a Nordseekrabbenbrötchen. Okay, so is there anywhere in Florida that you can get it, or is it a trip to Germany that you have to? <laughs> I have to fly to Germany to get it. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite restaurant there where you get it? It's pretty much a food truck. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's nothing, you know, special in that regard. You get it at a food truck. So it's like a street taco in Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay. In northern Germany, yes. Very good. Oh, I love it. Well, Oliver, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking time out to share all this with us today. Thank you for having me, Tiffany. I really enjoyed it. Good, good. Well, you are so welcome. It's been really fun. And I also feel like you gave some really good takeaways. I think it's good for agents to understand kind of the big picture because we're all really part of a team. And especially these days where, especially the younger crowd, they're wanting to be a part of something, right? And so understanding that they can look for it. You know, they can look to be a part of something that everybody's trying to work together, but yet succeed as well. So I really appreciate the insight you had about the different things that you do and features and outcomes that you're helping your, both your franchisees and your advisors uh, get to. Thanks, Tiffany. Yeah. And thanks so much again to everyone who's listening. And remember, the best is yet to come. <laughs>